Konnichiwa and welcome to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug the Translator and this week I'm joined by the fastest man in Japan, Mitsubishi Dynabores winger Ben Portridge. Ben's got some great yarns so can't wait to get into it. Let's go! Welcome back to the uh, Japan Rugby Weekly podcast. Like I said in the intro, we've got a great guest, the fastest man in Japan. And we've got Ben Paltridge. Uh, thanks for coming on, Minnie. Yeah, no worries, mate. I don't know if I can claim that, but we'll, go, we'll run with that for now anyway, because it looks good for me. Well, I heard rumours that uh, if Mitsubishi didn't stop you, you were going to be one of the guys in that uh, 4 by 100 Japan team. So, um, yeah, in the oh, Olympics. In a past life, mate, in a past life, when I was 20 kgs lighter, I might have been a, um, a prospect for sprinting, but nah, there's a little bit of extra weight running on the rig at the moment, so we can't <laughs> run 100 metres to save myself at the moment. Well, um, that's uh, what, pre-season four, eh? But Yeah, yeah, all six months of it. Yeah, off at Coke, I think it was about eight months of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how they do it. We love that. Love a pre-season. Um, but yeah, well, so I'm guessing you're back in NZ for the off-season? Yeah, yeah, did um, exactly bang on 90 days um, for my Japanese passport. That's, you know, the amount of time we're allowed out of Japan. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just went back home and uh, spent my time with family and friends and whatnot. Nice, nice. Put on a little bit of um, gain line over there mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, obviously came back a, a few weeks ago and I've started getting back into it. Nice, nice. Um, what would have happened if you are uh like your flight got delayed or something, would that have meant you had to start your full Japan time again? Or ah, uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, it, ha- it did happen last year, obviously. With a, I mean, mm. not just to me, but a lot of people where COVID hit when we were meant to get back, and our flights got delayed and stuff. And I think um, that's fairly understanding of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it happened two years in a row, I don't know how how understanding <laughs> the old Japanese would be of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, right, we just. I'm glad it didn't didn't happen no nice nice i don't know how i would have navigated it obviously <laughs> <laughs> we never have to come to that <laughs> but nah you're safe uh back over here or i guess uh, as safe as you can be in the current environment but um one thing you're probably our first player who's in japan uh playing in a position where you've got an asian passport so that means that you count as a foreign player but an asian player which is like a whole different i guess slot um but yeah there's a bit of news on that, like likely to be taken away and stuff. Uh, so maybe it's a yeah, perfect time for you to go for your Japanese passport, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, it's anyone that has an Asian or that's been signed to a team, um, they get to continue playing as an Asian passport player mm-hmm. for the next three years. But uh, no new signings, unfortunately. Oh, so yeah. the, um, I'm pretty disappointed in that. I thought it was a a pretty good pathway for um, Asian players to be able to, you know play professionally and um, like as a stepping stone, I guess, for any Asian players that wanted to try and, you know, further themselves. So uh, hopefully they revise that in a few years. I know the, the JAR, if you do like trying to changing the comp around every now and again, so <laughs> maybe they'll look, relook into that. But for now, unfortunately, the Asian passport rule is uh, gone. Yeah, yeah. Because um, even at Coke, like we had a, a Korean first five who'd come in and I think, um, yeah, like he didn't really have much opportunity in Korea. Well, he did, but. Uh, it's not much of a stepping stone over there, you know, so he got to play at Coke, learned a bit from the foreign coaches and then went back and ended up uh, being a rep for South Korea. So Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's um, it's a pretty cool opportunity for Asian players to come here and, you know, they, they can learn a lot from, you know, the coaches and even just being in a professional environment and hopefully being able to take 
you know, those lessons and learnings and take it back to their home countries and hopefully improve. Well, I wouldn't even hope that it would definitely improve like the, the level of rugby in those places. So, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. And, um, it can't, it's a backward step for Asian rugby, I think, anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, disp- I'm disappointed, but um, yeah, hopefully, like I said, they they revise that in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think the this is my fifth year as a translator here, but I think the foreigner rule and all that's changed about three or four times in my time. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know for sure. When I um when I first got here, it was just the two, mm. so it was a pretty different environment to what it is now. Where we're at five or oh, four now. Sorry, it was five last four now. So yeah, I've seen it change a lot. It definitely it definitely changes the whole dynamic of the competition. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily for worse or better, but definitely changes it all. It, yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's cool to see how it's all changed. And the this is my seventh year now, so oh wow, definitely uh, getting that veteran status. <laughs> oh, nice. And um, but I guess if you go back to the start of all that, like, uh, so did you grow up in New Zealand? Yep, yep. I grew up in New Zealand, and um. I, I did uh, one year in uh, Thailand at, at kindergarten there. Oh, nice, nice. So I, you could uh, you could almost argue that English is my second language. Mm-hmm. Some people might back that up. Um, but uh, I did most of my schooling in New Zealand and all, all my rugby and things like that. Yeah. And then uh, came to Japan when I was uh, 23 or 22. Oh, wow, wow. Um, and, yeah, I guess what ended up bringing you over here uh, like to Japan, um, obviously quite a different culture to New Zealand, but was it something you wanted yep. to do for a long time or? I was all, I was always on my radar to want to play rugby overseas. You know, I always wanted to just have it uh, play in a different environment. Um, I kind of got lucky. My North Harbour Sevens coach was coaching a team up here called Kurita, mm-hmm. and um, the Asian passport rule was obviously there, and he he knew about me, and he kind of got hold of me and said, "Mate, do you want to come up and have a jam?" And I said, oh, "I didn't really have much going for me back home." Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, "Yeah, why not?" Oh, came up. Wow. It's a pretty cool opportunity, and I, I definitely, I would, if given my time again, would do, definitely take the opportunity again. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and I guess, uh, like you said, you're going for your Japanese passport, or like uh, you will be soon, but um, so it's what, what was it? Uh, yeah, a month in uh, Thailand probably definitely helps with your um, Japanese speaking ability, I guess. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. Um, I mean, I don't know how much Thai I actually remember, but <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I definitely need to improve on my Japanese for sure. It's, it's a slow uphill battle. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a linguist by any means. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I th- well, my mum's Japanese. I grew up listening to her speak to me uh, in Japanese, but I always just spoke back in English. So yeah, yeah, I'm the same. It was. It's quite hard. I like. I um empathize in the sense that like you you know they're, they're speaking to you a lot in the languages around you but unless you're in that country it's really hard to kind of keep that language alive like all your mates you know my dad you know they're all speaking english to you so you're not really using like for me it was thai mm-hmm. and this might was with my mum you know and, and like i just kind of slowly faded away and then my mum got kind of sick of trying to get me to speak it as well and then she yeah. just gave up so yeah you know I, i'm kind of gutted now like it would have been a pretty cool mm-hmm. it's a, a great skill to have i reckon anyone that can speak more than one language um so I, i'm kind of gutted now about that and now i'm on you know the old trying to teach an old dog new tricks <laughs> and it's tough work <laughs> now nah, for sure but um i guess the, it would have been tough when you first came over here um did you know many people over here did you know much about japan um and the uh yeah, and the culture and the language. Um, uh, no, to be honest, I I um I done one um the tournament for the Hokkaido Barbarians, like just the oh, invitational yeah, yeah. sevens tournament. So I've been once, um, and that was just for like a few days, so it wasn't really like enough of an intro, I guess. 
that it was like a I guess it's always a little bit of a culture shock when you just move to Japan mm-hmm. I'd um <laughs> it's pretty funny like I'd been living at home the whole time at doing university and working um part-time and then you know like I just came over by myself yeah and had to like move into an apartment by myself I'd never lived by myself before so it was <laughs> like a you know like a culture shock and just like a life shock you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah trying to just live by myself and, you know, cook and all those other things. And even just buying furniture. Yeah. I was the old one fork, one knife and one <laughs> plate <laughs> and, and, and like spaghetti bolognese every night. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, a lot of learnings there, but then obviously a culture shock. I don't know anyone. I was really fortunate. There's a guy, Ash Parker, who plays at Hino at the moment. He really, really looked after me my first year, took me under his wing a bit. And um, I was pretty fortunate in the sense that he showed me how to be like a professional player because uh, Chiruto especially is very unprofessional in the sense that uh, all their players work all mm-hmm. day, the nine to five. And then as foreigners, we just we join up with them at night for training. So, so there's a lot of um, kind of emphasis on you as a player doing you know, a lot of extras yourself to be better. Yeah. I was, I was lucky that I got taught, kind of taught those habits and stuff from Ash and then also a guy, Mark Chapman, there as well who loved doing fitness in his spare time, which is <laughs> <Just> real fun. <laughs> and that, it was good. I was, I was fortunate. I, um, it's the kind of team where if you didn't kind of have those good examples around you, you could easily, you know, waste waste your opportunity to be be a professional player in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, one reason why you would have loved joining the uh, Kurita team is their great name, the Water Gush. Yeah, great name. The old... Gush, gush, go, go, gush. I have no <laughs> idea where that came from. Obviously, they're a water company, and I think that's about as far as it goes. But, yeah, that's a, that's a superb name. There's a few good names running around Japan, actually. Yeah, all right. Um, I mean, the Dynabores go pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. The old dynamic ball. I think um, there's just so many, like, companies, and everyone just love using English in everything. You see it in the 100 yen store and stuff, just all these books and stuff have, like, heaps of English yeah, writing yeah, on it. The old, like, I would call it the Japinglish, you know, like kind yeah. of just like throwing like two words together and like, oh, yeah, that looks good. Keep everyone with that. The old no, no proofreading or anything. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I, I actually quite enjoy that. Um, that's, uh, I want to go around to shops and stuff and just like offer to proofread their uh, menus and stuff yeah, for free yeah, that's ages. My, that's my wife's business idea. She reckons that like she should just start up like a proofreading company in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Japan and just proofread all their like English, any English they wanted to do. Huge, huge market, sure. I reckon it's all right. Like, um, there was a thing like, um, only, only tonight or something was like a sign, but instead of O N L Y, it's O N R Y. So it was like Omri. And I was just like, oh, like, Omri, um, the old Omri. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess for Japanese people, it's so hard for them to hear the difference between R and L. Yeah. 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 It's just not in their language. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been a learning curve for me as well. Yeah. Just trying to figure out, even like when you want to say English words to them, like knowing that you kind of have to like change it up a bit, or else they just don't know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like um, it almost makes it sound like you're trying to be like racist, but it's like yeah, um, yeah, no, it does. And then I go back to New Zealand, and people were just like mocking me, and I'm like, nah, honestly, like you guys don't understand. Yeah, yeah, it's like actually how um a lot of the katakana ways of saying stuff, like even your last name, like yeah, 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 your porutoriji, yeah. <laughs> oh well. Uh, my mum made my pretty much like because my last name's Pickin, but whenever I when I came over here first, my mum got to choose what your last name is basically, like in Katakana. Um, so she thought yeah. it's easiest for Japanese people for Pickin, and then yeah, that's just stuck. Yeah, that is, it's not a bad last name for Japan, to be mm. honest. 
I quite like um, obviously our player in our team, Nicholas Ely. How everyone just calls him Eerie. <laughs> <laughs> gets me excited every time I get his last name. You're Eerie. Oh, I was wondering why you kept calling him by his last name out on the field, eh? Yeah, well, it's easier than Nick. No, that's not, but it's funnier. Well, especially because there's two Nicks in the team, so uh, Nick Collins as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly why I do that. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, the captain from well, from anyone who listened to last episode knows that you're now the captain of the ball, so. Ah, uh, yes. Well, because I'm the social captain anyways. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how was that social side of uh, coming over to Japan? Obviously, the rugby, it would have been interesting, you know, having to try and communicate with all the boys on the field, but off the field would have been a real, I guess, eye-opener being in such a big city, um, surrounded by all these yeah new things that you can try and do and eat and yeah, yeah, no, it was especially hard when my first team at Curita were like, um, again, quite a, a little bit less professional than uh, the Dinobores. Like, we didn't have a translator or anything like that. So it was like, you kind of just went into the deep end and it was just like, <laughs> good luck. But I, um, there's this one of the wingers, his name's uh, Yamaya Daiki, absolute legend. He was a year older than me. But I, I don't know, but for whatever reason, he was just was like real stoked that I was part of the team and he was like, wanted to be friends with me and like we're still really good mates now yeah. and he was like my first week there he was like ah oh, i want to take you to rapongi and i was like okay like sure like i like oh, i don't know what that is yeah, yeah. And he just takes me in like obviously like rapongi is one of the party districts in tokyo mm-hmm. and just like took me straight into the mix so like week one and, like also i had an awesome time with him <laughs> but um just goes to show like how hospitable the japanese are as well like we couldn't really even speak to each other yeah but he was happy to just come like have a have a yarn to me at training and then be like come have a drink with me. Yeah, 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 It's very, like, sociable culture and obviously, like, things like Nomi Hall Dyes and Tubby Hall Dyes and stuff like that. You know, it's quite easy to just go out to an izakaya. You don't necessarily have to go into a pongi, but, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't cost much to just have a few drinks with someone, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you're yeah. Like, dropping, like, 10 bucks on a beer. Oh, man. Um, yeah, there's no real culture of doing pre-drinks at someone's house over here, right, because it's cheaper to drink nah, out. Nah, nah. I've tried to get it going. Like, you know, like, oh, let's meet at my place and we'll have, like, a few chewies, like, chew highs. Yeah. And we're, like, going, they're like, what? Why don't we just go drink? At, uh, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. No, this is how we do it in New Zealand because, like, it's so expensive to drink out. But, like, it's, like, a dollar a drink in Japan. So, yeah. They were, like, real weirded out that I want to, like, meet at my house for drink. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really, really enjoy, like, the, the social aspect in Japan anyways. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Ah, for sure. Like, um, it's so cheap to drink in a lot of the guys are like quite reserved uh when they're sober but as soon as everyone has a few drinks these guys who've never met you just on the street because you you're a foreigner like they'll come up to you and just start speaking english to you and wanting to buy drinks and stuff yeah and- yeah like get hit you with a bit of broken english and you're like oh yeah you're my mate <laughs> um i heard that it's like a almost like a thing in japan like um oh, this is what my the japanese mates were saying anyways is that the bosses always take out you know the first year guys that have come to the company mm-hmm. and just get them like absolutely like waste like plastered because they want to see like their real face yeah 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 like, they want the fake face off which is like pretty cool and kind of funny but also like <laughs> i think they just do that every week though it's yeah. not like a one-off thing <laughs> it's just an excuse to go drinking yeah no, i just want to see your real face tonight <laughs> yeah well that is like a real um it's what tatemai and stuff over here um you can't really share your opinions and stuff. It's like rude to. It's always just kind of yes boss, no boss. But it's so strange whenever you go to a nomikai or a drinks with, uh, when I used to work as a teacher, like you go and then suddenly 
people uh, even after one drink like they're not drunk or anything they're just so happy to say whatever they want to the um boss yeah yeah they feel like they can open up a bit more eh? yeah yeah yeah. i did i do notice a lot though because of the the whole senpai kohai kind of culture in japan Mm -hmm. um and most teams i've been part of in japan that they um like the the year groups always go out to each other you know like the year that like they're from so then they feel like they can drink and you know have fun but they're not gonna get told off you know by senpai and as a as a kohai you know they're not you know getting forced to do anything as well yeah 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 so like they all just all just drink in there like because i found it real weird i was like trying to invite like my mates from kind of different year groups oh that's gonna like all felt kind of quite reserved about yeah going out with you know older players and younger players and things like that so it's quite interesting in that sense but i think it's important for like the rugby culture that you know you should all just be able to go out together and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just not maybe breaking the senpai core high culture but just like kind of working around it or working with it yeah. to see like how we can just get the get everyone out together or get, say get for me especially i like getting the the wingers all out together the, the back three yeah you know and like kind of you know just work around the senpai kohai culture so that we can all just hang out together yeah, yeah. maybe not with obviously covid and stuff like that mm-hmm. hopefully that it's gone a bit later in the season yeah for sure um like that's one of the best parts like when you first join a team getting to know everyone uh, with a few chuhais you know yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I haven't we haven't been able to do that yet. Mm-hmm. It's been a been a long couple of years at the balls for me, <laughs> oh, and the social committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, nah. just gave myself a job. Don't have to do anything. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, genius. So, yeah, I, uh, that's like that's why I started translating it. Uh, the dining balls when no foreigners were back yet. I got pretty much another month off. Yeah, yeah, real smart. And then when we all come back, you're going on holiday. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> leave it all to John. Genius. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I uh going back to your Kurita days, the water gash days, um, how was it I guess yep. on the rugby field uh without a translator? Did you pick up the language quite quick? Um or did you struggle at first? Um we had like I said, that guy Ash, mm. he's um he'd been in Japan oh, maybe three years before I'd got there. Yeah. So his and he, he went pretty hard on the Jap. So he like in fact I reckon he's probably one of the best Japanese speaking rugby players in japan at the moment mm-hmm. um he was pretty much like our in-house translator for my first couple of years i'd kind of just mate what's going on and our coach um scott pierce he's like a bit of a folklore legend of japan rugby mm-hmm. um he w- can also speak like real he can speak japanese but all the boys can't understand it because it's like real old japanese oh, yeah 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 <laughs> like shakespeare yeah yeah so like you'd have uh, um we had like we eventually got a translator and like he would translate his japanese oh, like yeah, japanese yeah. for the boy <laughs> it was pretty funny <laughs> but uh both legends ash and scott so uh scott was the backs coach so he helped he could obviously you know work his way around japanese and then ash was in the forwards and then we kind of just made it work but it was pretty um pretty tough yeah my first year mm-hmm. you know just trying to talk around the field and things like that like i my japanese wasn't that great but Early on, I kind of got my rugby Japanese up there because it was just getting real hard to play and yeah, not being yeah, able to yeah. communicate with the boys. Nah, true, true. Um, but yeah, oh man, that's the worst nightmare. I'm like, having to translate uh, the same language into better. Like if it's ah, yeah, some some good laughs, some good laughs with that, that <laughs> man as a coach for sure. Um, we had a a legend of rugby at Coke, Mukai San, who was like used to play for Japan and he was the coach of the uh japan team at the 2003 world cup but he would like he had real confidence in his english but a lot of the time like the boys wouldn't really know what he's saying so he'd just be going in and be like oh 
you got to do this and stuff. But the way you were saying it, it was in Japanese structure. So I knew what I was trying to say because, you know, I know the Japanese structure. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting things like around the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then instead of saying, um, he'd always say and or or. So it just sounded like he's kind of adding things on. He's like, you have to run or pass but like you want to <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like oh but uh do i <laughs> and yeah nah, nah, didn't want to hurt his feelings there, it's but. pretty funny and i think most teams have it like there's obviously a lot of um translation misses that kind of just happen like day to day in the team yeah and you know like half of it's navigating you know like what what um everyone in the team kind of wants and like you know like what kind of pictures everyone's seeing and yeah you know yeah definitely on the it's okay at training it's more on the field i think you know when you're on the fly and like maybe someone's seeing something else to what you're seeing or like you know i want something else and then to trying to navigate that on the field yeah. really quickly you know like obviously like on you don't always get it right mm-hmm. so half, half the battle is winning that yeah 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 um but then yeah sometimes you don't get it right um when you can both speak the same language anyway eh? so yeah 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 yeah, like I said, English is my second language. <laughs> this was a struggle there too. Yeah, man. Um, going for your third language now, which is amazing, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just suck at all of them. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Check if it will trade. Yeah, master of none. Oh, the dream. Um, but yeah, I guess um, I remember, I think we might have played you guys at Coke um, when you are at Kurita. And um, I'm yep. pretty sure your name actually came up uh when our coach came and our new foreign coach and we we're looking for an outside back and I remember hearing the name uh, Ben Poultridge uh, but then I think you had already signed with like re-signed I think so I got kind of put off the table but um, yeah it would have been good I might have you know known you three years earlier now. you could have known me a bit earlier yeah 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 no I was a pretty staunch um to read a man like I was pretty loyal to them only because mm-hmm. they um they gave me my first shot in Japan like I, I um I was fortunate that I was able to play some good rugby for them and I, I was able to field a few offers from other teams. Mm-hmm. But I kind of always gave them first pick of the cherry and I was like, oh, you know what, like if you guys want to re-sign me, I'm always, I always want to play for you guys because you gave me my first shot. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there's uh, no loyalty in sports. And um, <laughs> I think, uh, um, I, yeah, I was pretty uh, kind of gutted actually when they, they cut me. I didn't oh, even wow. get to – they broke up with me. I didn't get to break up with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like – yeah, it's sports, you know, mm-hmm. that's rugby, but I was, I kind of thought I'd, I'd, I'd played some pretty good footy for them and I was kind of, I was pretty, uh, initially I was pretty hurt that they just kind of like, were like, oh no, we don't want you next year. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, hold on, I thought I was playing some pretty good rugby for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously like one door closes and another opens and I was able to um, come to the Diner Boards to mm-hmm. play like a, a cool, st- a really fun style of rugby and I was, I've been pretty excited to come play for them. Nice, nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, I uh, didn't get to play last year with my injury, so hopefully oh, this year I can sure. debut. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would have been um, – oh, I guess uh, before you get into your amazing uh, Dynabors career of one one season uh, so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. At Kurita, you were saying it wasn't, like, professional, but um, like, how was it, I guess, having the whole day pretty much, you know, you can do whatever you want and then you've got to go into train. Was it a couple of times a week that you had team it's- training or? Yeah, it's um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then uh, Saturday morning or a game. And it's at se- it's like some 7 p.m. to like 10 p.m. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's quite hard because like the boys are real tired from working all day and yeah. they come in and like 
they'll make a mistake and the coach is like ripping into them and they're like, man, like I'm just pretty tired. Eh? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, and it's real hard. Cause like, as a, as like a, we were as far as we were professionals. So you kind of demand, not demand, but like you really want your boys to be like, like competent or mm. like, you know, you kind of want like a good level and like they muck up and you're like, Oh, like, come on, bro. Like, please like yeah. just catch that next time. And, and like, you look at his eyes and he's like bloodshot <laughs> and like big circles under his eyes. Cause he's like four hours sleep a night. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, like, you kind of feel guilty just like ripping into them. But mm. like at the same time, you're trying to make the team better, yeah. you know? So it's like a, as a player, it's not as bad, but as a coach, I think, it, you know, they're walking that line of how hard do I push these boys? Cause mm. I don't want to break them. But um, I think the average player cycle in Curita is like three to four years. Like it's oh, not well. Wow. Because like they um, – I think it's similar to most Kaishin kind of systems where they kind of get into the company through rugby. Mm-hmm. Like they get like a cool salaryman job. But then like – so they're getting paid for work. They're not getting paid for the rugby. So they kind of just want to like retire as soon as possible so they can just work, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and work their way up the, the ladder into like the, the good promotions and things like that. So there's, there's a few guys that just love code and they'll just keep playing mm-hmm. that, you know, they're not getting paid anymore to do it. They just, they get the opportunity to work for a, a big company. Yeah. 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 So it's a, a interesting dynamic, those kind of teams. And like, obviously like now we're seeing less and less of them because, you know, just the, the, it's too hard to demand players to be good at rugby and, you know, work hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one or the other now, if you, if you want to be a really strong side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think. Um, and then the coaches, if the team doesn't perform, it's like, well, you're not a good enough coach. And then the coaches, you know, they're trying to get the best out of guys. Yeah, yeah. Just like, well, can, I, can I have pro, some pro players? Or like, yeah. Am I just dealing with guys that are just like sitting at a desk all day? <laughs> well, that's the, like, the, the worst thing is like you see all these, because uh, a lot of them are really good players out of like strong universities. Mm-hmm. And like they're like they come in real good shape. Like all the first years are always in real good shape, real good training ethic. And you just see like <laughs> after two to three years, like start putting on a little bit of extra weight, you know, yeah. like because they're not doing all those extras and you know not training as hard because they're mm-hmm. trying to work and they're trying to like you know sit at a desk all day and you know type up whatever that whatever they do. I don't even know if they do anything at work after time, but <laughs> it's just like they're stuck there and not actually trying to be better rugby players yeah yeah they're like oh it's like honestly you just like they just get so out of shape <laughs> and then like we don't have time to do fitness because we're trying to like upskill so yeah like, as foreign as we do our own fitness and our own weights and things mm-hmm. like that but it's, it's just it's a, such a hard like <laughs> you know situation i reckon yeah yeah especially when the senpais are like at the company are telling them that they've got to go to midweek drinks or something you know and then they can't yeah say yeah, no. yeah and they're like oh no i've got to be hung over for training tomorrow <laughs> oh well like let me hold i and on a, the worst is like on saturday our saturday morning trainings like <laughs> so many boys are just turn up so dusty <laughs> like reek of alcohol and they're like oh, i had to for work i had to you know like my boss for me i was just like <laughs> How how will we be gonna? It's like, honestly, it's amazing that we even competed at all. <laughs> but, um, it's like some fun years there for sure. And like to be fair, like, it played some pretty good rugby sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the that next level where when you're playing teams that are like fully professional was just it was too much of a jump. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> oh man, there would have been a few uh senpais taking them to those um, what are they, the girls bars or whatever as well, and you know no, they can't say no. Soap plans, you oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Soap plans, yeah, the best place to buy soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, 
on that uh, nightlife, like, obviously I came to Japan when I was maybe 22 or so, and um, yeah, absolutely yep. love, like, in NZ it was just all about, you know, drinking 15 beers at home before you can go to the club, so all you have to do is buy one beer, you know, every hour, but over here it was like yeah, yeah, all yeah. about enjoying it, um, having nomi hōdai, but also tabe hōdai and being able to eat, and I just grew up. Like everyone was yelling yeah, at me yeah, saying yeah. eating's cheating, so um, that was quite new to me. But how did you find all the, I guess, social life over here? Oh, like I like I alluded to before, just super fun. Okay, it's a really like hospitable culture, mm-hmm. and like you know, like Japanese people kind of have this awe about them that they're like really nice, and that like they are I'm not saying they're real <laughs> nice, but you know, like really polite and stuff like that. But there's just this whole other side to like Japanese people, eh? like yeah. absolute pissheads, and like the women as well. Like, yeah, yeah. like you'll just be walking, you'll like see a woman because you're allowed to drink in public. Like you'll just be on like the train, and like this like 50 year old like mum will just like be cracking a beer and chopping it on the train. Like it's just like a completely different kind of culture you know like in new zealand you kind of drink to get drunk yeah right? people were just drinking bowl purse which is like super fun as well obviously but you know like in japan like socially drinking mm-hmm. is like quite normal like people are just like randomly drinking all the time and we'll just have one or two yeah just you know to like relax the nerves mm-hmm. from working like nine to five or like nine to nine every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess just 24 hour shifts sometimes are not just 12 yeah, yeah, like they, they, they do work some big hours here in oh. Japan for sure. You can see why they want to drink a couple of beers yeah. on the weekend oh. or during the, the week. <laughs> There's so many. Um, you see all these guys in suits and stuff just when you're walking past bars on a Wednesday, and they're just obviously that they don't yeah, go yeah. too overboard. Oh, but. Like we'd have like when this, I haven't seen it in since I mean it, but especially when I was at Chirito, we used to like um. We had our team gym, but it was a little bit of a driveway. So we um, all in, like, enrolled at um, Gold's Gym as well. It's like yeah. a five-minute walk for us. And we'd go at like 7 o'clock in the morning. So like <laughs> we'd be wa- I'd be walking to the gym and I was with my mate, uh, Jake Ellison. And um, there's like there's one morning, like, this would be like 6.45 in the morning, guys just like spewing their rigs out like <laughs> out the front of Gold's Gym. Like one of them's got like a plastic bag on his head, like running into a wall. I was like, holy heck, this is like a Tuesday, like Tuesday morning or something. I was just like, man, Japan, they go different. And like, God, it's just like, I couldn't believe it. But then I'm like, now that I've lived here for this long, I can. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny. This is like early on in my time in Japan. <laughs> it's just a, uh, yeah, you'd never expect today. Yeah, yeah. My um, I had a friend come over. This will be a year and a half ago now, and like he gets kicked out of bars all the time in New Zealand because he reckons it's because he's big, but he's also like a bit of a sloppy drunk. Yeah. And um, we we were going to this uh, club called Warp in Shinjuku. I, I don't know if it's still there or not. And um, we're like we're, trying, we're like waiting in line, you know. And then as he's walking up to the bouncer, he like trips up on the stair and like face plants in front of the bouncer, <laughs> yeah. which like in New Zealand would just be an instant like you're gone. It's like no way you're getting into this bar. And the bouncer literally gets him like helps him up. And he's like, oh yeah, like go in, go in, like and pushes him on through. And my mate's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this place is awesome. I was like, mate, like you literally can't get kicked out of bars in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Right? Just a different, different scene. Real fun. Super, super fun. Um, and then I guess one, like, all that stuff's not as strict, but then, like, drink driving is just, like, the strictest ever, right? Like, if you get caught drink driving, yeah, then it's yeah. pretty much life over. Um, and that's, like, you know, but zero limits. So. On that note, like, taxi, I mean, taxis are actually kind of expensive still, but, like, the public transport system's so good over mm-hmm. here that, like, you don't need to even consider drink driving. You know, like, it's it's just, it's so easy to catch a train from anywhere, pretty much, in Japan. 
that like you don't really you're not really in that situation yeah 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 very often whereas obviously in new zealand it's a bit but harder you know like every everything's just so spread out mm-hmm. but like, i love that about japan like the public transport is just elite like i just every time i go back to auckland new zealand i'm like man like you guys need to catch up yeah yeah no for sure um like in fukuoka where coke was it's um a little bit more spread out like obviously the trains are still way better than new zealand but uh, a lot of guys have cars and they are uh, one great thing they got over here is like the dialer driver or the day call so you go to a bar you drive there yeah you yeah, just yeah. call them up and two guys come in a car and one of them drives your car back and it's just like amazing eh? yeah like, don't have to pay for two taxis just it's one like day call. i've got i've got a um i've got a solution for every problem over in japan or maybe not every problem but mm-hmm. i've definitely got a lot of solutions to a lot of problems over here yeah yeah, yeah. um but yes you know we've been singing japan's praises but obviously every culture every uh country's got its positives and negatives but anything you struggled with yeah like, um when you came over um I, th- I kind of alluded to it before but like that senpai kohai culture mm. like i i definitely understand it and i've got nothing against it but i definitely struggled with it my first year because it was like um i came over i was quite young too like i was 22 you know like so i had like these like real average rugby player like older dudes like kind of <laughs> like trying to like make me do stuff and i was like oh what do i mean? mate you're not even like you can't even pass a ball like, why are you trying to tell me how to do stuff yeah, like, yeah. and just like kind of stuff like that and i like i fully get it but for sure like a, it's something i struggled with my first year hmm. um but i mean like i can't think of too much like to be honest i, I really i really like new zealand and like i probably see myself back there but mm-hmm. I, I i would have definitely enjoyed living in japan like uh, just a, as a cultural experience and an overseas experience I was not even experienced enough. I've been living here for like six, seven years, but um, it's been really fun. Like I, I, I wouldn't not do it for sure. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I think well, one positive from the senpai kohai, uh, for me at least, was whenever it was like someone, a coach or someone who'd take us out, they always pay for it. Like, and they want to take you out, and they yeah, want to yeah, look yeah. important, so they'll they want to pay for it, and you always get your wallet, and you're like, oh, hey, hey. and then they, you know, they're like, no, 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 and you're like, oh, I see what I'm saying, and yeah, yeah. I don't like, even I have any you cash. Me down, but yeah, I yeah. Just to show that I was willing, willing to pay. And just yeah. got an empty wallet. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, but then the guys get bullied heaps, so I'm like, it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I guess I, I just, there were a couple of boys that I saw at my um old team, not, actually haven't seen it much of the boys, but actually it's for sure like a lot of boys that just really got bullied that yeah. I didn't think really deserved it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, that's not my place to kind of step in the way of like a culture. Yeah. Um, well, Ed, when I played touch rugby over here, there was one guy who, like nicest guy to me, um, but to his, uh, to the guys who are from his same uni but younger, and like his singlet, obviously over here it's like, you know, scorching, sweaty air, so he takes a singlet off in between games, and then one of his core highs just has to swing it around in the air and try and get all the um, sweat off for him. So. Get all the sweat out, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I've, I've been actually on a few um, nights out in town and um, with boys from other teams, and they've just like, it's like Japanese boys like get their core high to like come pick them up oh, at like yeah. 1am in the morning and like take us back. I'm like... <laughs> holy heck like this poor guy like asleep and gets like senpai and senpai comes in and he's like mate come pick me up you know and, like they just have to come do it yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. Like, and like you know they're doing all the boys washing and stuff like that oh, yeah. it's pretty rough i reckon but i guess it's like self-fulfilling prophecy then like now you do it to like the next core highs and it just gets passed down yeah yeah no one breaks the chain <laughs> yeah all the um 
like doing the setting up the fields at Coke and doing all the washing. Like you just see all these senpai being like, Oh yeah, have you done my washing yet? And they're like, Oh, and then one of the guys like had put too much detergent or something in it, left one of those white kind of marks on one of the senpai's clothes. And he's like, why are you putting my clothes at the top where that can happen? You've got to put your clothes like there to block my clothes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, clothes like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. I've even seen the old like um, out and like all the young boys just get their shirts ripped off. You yeah. know, like they're wearing like pretty nice t-shirts too. Like I'm like, oh, that was like a pretty nice top. And then like, like the same much just come like just rip their shirt off. It's kind of like the old pocket mm. back in New Zealand on the dress shirt, but like real nice t-shirts and like stuff like that. Like in town. So like this walking around in town with like no top, and then like I like what like how like what happens to these guys like are they coming to that and like people say yeah I'll get them into the next bar, it's like yeah but he doesn't have a top on like, what's going on here this poor kid oh man <laughs> good times like good times has some great yeah, times yeah, yeah. go Japan um and yeah I guess one popular answer to that. Uh, question was always just like the banks and all the forms you have to write, I guess. But oh yeah, no, actually I don't know why I forgot that. Like the paper system in Japan is outrageous. <laughs> like I don't know how I've just got like glossed over that. Like yeah, for sure. Like just I think banking in general uh, yeah. in Japan, but even like the city office and things mm-hmm. like how everything's paper. Like oh, like obviously you've already talked about it, so I don't really have to go into it. But oh, man, no. like. <laughs> There's like <laughs> a lot of time I have spent in city offices <laughs> and banks waiting for just random paper forms for them to like sift through. Like how they don't have like an electronic database is beyond me. Yeah. Like, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's like even like right now I'm like trying to pay my um, residence tax and my national health mm-hmm. insurance tax and like the like fairly big bill. And like, I've, I've got to like just go to the conveni every day at the moment and just get the max withdrawal. And I'm going to do that for like the next like two weeks to like, like to get the cash out so that I can go to the bank and just give them like a wad of cash as opposed to like doing a bank transfer or like a debit form or something. Yeah, yeah. Like oh. it's just insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, man. I think I, I'm yeah. literally like this last week I've been doing the same thing and I, I got told, oh, you can um, – well, in Fukuoka I could use my uh, – Yokohama Bank uh, Company, Mitsubishi Bank or whatever, and they just take it out automatically. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yo, I'll do that in Sagamihara. Like, that's pretty much where Mitsubishi is. And then I got told, oh, sorry, we don't use that bank here, so I can't do it. And then they told me I can use my <coughs> you know, phone line pay thing and I can pay electronically. I was like, oh, yes, but it's got the same limit as just getting cash out yeah, from the ATM. Yeah. So I've been the same. I have an alarm every day I've got to download or withdraw uh do my in and then put it in for the next two weeks so yeah man, it's a, it's an interesting it's system. just like it's crazy eh? it's like i know that there's probably better systems i can't even get a credit card still i'm seven years deep in japan and i can't get approved for a credit card and like, my like banking history is like you know like crisp like I'm, you know like it's just oh man it's so difficult like i you know like i want to do like the ect mm. and you need like a japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. like i can't even use my new zealand credit card on that so i've got to like get a jet credit card but i can't get a japanese credit card because no banks will approve me and i'm just like why why do you do this to me japan <laughs> yeah uh, like you said before they've got a solution for most things but then the things i think they're so efficient in some places but the government must be just be like, if we're too efficient, you know, everyone's going to want to come here. So we've got to make yeah, something yeah, we need horrendous. To slow some things down or else people are going to be like, 
you know, like we need people waiting because people aren't waiting for stuff, they're complaining. Yeah. So we'll just make them wait at banks and city offices all the time for everything. <laughs> Even like the, the driver's license renewal, like oh, that's like a whole day affair. <laughs> like, just waiting in line to like seven different stations. And at the end, you've got to watch like an hour long video about how to drive. <laughs> it's just, I like couldn't believe it when I went to renew my license and like it was literally a day like something that can normally take like 30 minutes and like an AA in New Zealand takes like six hours in Japan. It's just oh. Oh, fun times. I've had some fun times waiting in Japan. I tell you what, like your screen time in Japan goes through the roof. Oh, you just yeah. spend so much time waiting. So long. Eh? Um, I need one of those yeah. battery packs. Yeah, I've got like three. I've just like I've just overly invested in it. <laughs> and I've got them like all situated around my house in the different bags and stuff. So I just know. I just know that I'm going to be waiting somewhere at some time for something. If uh, a battery um, distributor is listening to this, you might get a sponsorship out of it. So, you know, good things come from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I do love how, like, um, convenies, which are another mm. awesome thing about Japan, how you can just go buy, like, a charged battery pack. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, your phone is probably going to go dead on your, like, big nine-hour night out in Rapongi. And you can just, like, go hit a convenie up for, like, a charged battery pack at, like, any time of day. Yeah. Oh, man. No, this is me. Um, Which I have had to do a few times, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, how about – um? I guess it's not too bad for you, like, being in here, but, uh, yeah, when I lived in Yokohama and I'd missed the last train back home from a place like Shinjuku and Shibuya, uh, yeah, nah, you know, I, Shidesu used to be based in like Honatsugi, which is like next to Ibina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's on the old the Odakusen. Mm. And um, that same thing, you're like, Mr. Train. Like, that was my that first night out. I was with Yamaya Daiki. But yeah. like, we never had any intention of catching the last train. He was like, We missed this train. <laughs> and then he's like, Get his translator out. And he's like, Next train, not till five. And I'm just like, Wait, what? Like, hold on. Like, holy, what's going on here? And like, I was like, I was like, 2 3 o'clock. I was like, Absolutely done. Yeah. And you're just like, pretty much hanging on for like the next couple of hours. And then, like, the first train back is like a local, anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you're just stopping at every station. <laughs> this is like an hour and a half train right home, and you're like, you're hurting so hard. In fact, there's a few times I've had to do that, and then like I've fallen asleep on the train and missed my stop, oh. and I had to get off the train and then like um, get the like next train back to like where you're yeah, meant to yeah. be. I remember one time I was like getting out, and then like all the kids were, like going to school. It must have been like <laughs> you know seven a.m. and like Ash is out with his family and his kids at the park, and I'm like still like walking back from like Rapongi, like trying to get back to my apartment. Like, Please, I need to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just definitely not like. Not worth it, eh? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Like, um, now I'm at the stage where, like, I normally try and find, like, two or three people and we'll just, like, taxi back together and, like, split the fare. Yeah. yeah. And, like, obviously now I'm a bit closer to Tokyo as well. Mm -hmm. But that Honatsugi, yeah. <laughs> Some long train rides for sure. <laughs> oh, um, I and I used to always just get real sick in trains and, like, if it's a like, walk home or something like it was in New Zealand, it, the fresh air kind of sobers you up. But in the trains, and it's, uh, the last trains are so cramped. And real claustrophobic. Yeah, oh. yeah. I've done like the one where like you're real drunk to the point like I just like lay, lie, lie down on the floor. Like I can't even like hold the thing. Like And like you just play the Gaijin card. Like, yeah. Oh, Gaijin. I don't really know what I'm doing. But my, my wife's thrown off in a train before. It's pretty funny. Like, the same thing, like big night out. Yeah. Just like she's like felt it coming and just like spewed up into her hands and just like holding it in her hands and it just like dribbling out through her fingers onto the train and then waiting for the next stop to just like throw it out the door. <laughs> oh, you, uh, uh, you see it so often like 
right where the door is. There's just like a bit of spew where someone must have just waited for the doors to open, spewed, and then just stayed on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like come back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, man. That's pretty like interesting in Japan. Like spewing's quite like, it's like standard. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're like quite okay with people just like spewing their rigs out on the street. Because yeah. they like, I reckon their alcohol, like, man, there's some like rough alcohol going around at like a Nomi Hordai. <laughs> That's why it's so cheap. Yeah. And like it comes back to get you at like 2 a.m. <laughs> and you'll just be walking around like just seeing people, like, like not even like just guys, like girls, guys, like anyone, yeah. any age, just like absolutely spewing their rigs out on the side of the road. Oh, and man. you're like, yeah, yeah, Nomi Hordai, gotcha. Well, it kind of shows, um, like, there's obviously, uh, like some parts of Japan that are like, unsafe and especially for like girls and stuff on crowded trains that's a bit of a problem but like you can kind of tell how safe it is in general when you see all these kind of girls who are just way too drunk and they're just alone on like a side street just like curled up in a ball just waiting to kind of get sober i'm like man in new zealand like you'd never see that no one would ever let their friends yeah, do yeah. that you know nah, it's just too sure. dangerous i like probably the greatest thing about japan is like how like kind of safe and like secure it is like even like you'll you'll be on the train you'll see like a, like, a little six-year-old on the train with you on like an hour-long train ride like like they just trust their kids to like just be able to get to and from school like walking or catching the train like pretty much like from the age of five just like walking around you just never you could just can't do that back home like, yeah yeah it's just so insane and like even like obviously there's countless stories of this, but like people leaving their wallets and phones around and always getting them back. Mm-hmm. My wife for sure is like definitely the queen of like leaving stuff on trains. And then, you know, you just like call, just go into the, the lost property and like, it's always there yeah, every yeah. time. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> like someone always hands your stuff in. Well, it's always funny seeing, um, like foreigners and stuff lost in Shinjuku, uh, you know, the busiest uh, station in the world. But then you just see all these primary st- school kids knowing exactly what transfer they've got to take and what trains are best for them and where they got to get off. Yeah, yeah. And like fully grown adults just like looking like lost sheep out there. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> oh, uh, there's like always like memes of like foreign lost in Shinjuku station for three days straight now. <laughs> Can't get out. Like, it is, it is a, it's a labyrinth oh. for sure. Uh, like that, um, that station alone took me like a good solid like two, three months to get my head around, just like all the different lines and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and then uh, like you think you got it, and then for some reason you're like end up sitting on a different cart on the same train, so you go up the wrong stairs, and then you're in a different part. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Lost all over, you know. Or you'll just like you'll you know like go to a, on a different line mm-hmm. or something, you know, from a different place for whatever reason, and you're just like, in a completely different part of the station. You're like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know this was part of Shinjuku. Like, what's good? where am I? Oh, and like, I think they've recently had like, oh, not recently, for ages now, they've done like heaps of work, like construction in there. Like, they're constantly like closing off different like yeah. passages and stuff like that. And you're just like, well, like, I don't know how to get where I need to go from here. Like, this is the wrong exit. Like, I don't know where I am now. They just keep, so, yeah. Get out and just like catch a taxi to where I need to go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty confusing. Like, you can't tell someone, let's meet at the east exit of shinjuku because there's like four east exits and stuff and you're just like you yeah, never yeah. Find he's like there. the new east <laughs> the new east and the old east and the southeast oh, <laughs> like, which east <laughs> <laughs> no, it it's, is. It's, that, that's japan so like so once you do get your head around it mm-hmm. obviously it starts a bit more sense but for sure I've, I've definitely been lost in shinjuku station where's a convenient i'm hungry yeah <laughs> he's just uh saying uh 
Let's meet at the hub, but there's three hubs or four hubs at uh, Shinjuku, so I'd always go to the wrong one, and I'd never find them in the first three. So it's just always awkward. Yeah, yeah. Going to those and bars. Now, like, We're already two Nami Hodai's deep. They're <laughs> <laughs> already spewed three times. Yeah. Yeah, now we, we, I always use that, the, the time square as like mm. a pretty good um, landmark, you know, with the big, like, fake Empire State building. Yeah, yeah. And then like, people can't really miss that one for sure. So like that, that, or like the South Exit is another one, just because there's only one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nice, nice. Um, honestly, this is uh normally the boys are like I've asked the boys about twenty questions about rugby uh by now, but it's great. It's a bit of a change of pace. We've talked a lot about life in Japan from someone who's been here longer yeah, than yeah, I no, have. Because so. I'm like I don't have that much about rugby, so I like <laughs> to talk about life. So. <laughs> 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 I'm not that good. So I'm like, oh, I've been just keep talking about it. Yeah, when you start talking about rugby, I'm like, oh, yeah. That <laughs> That's what I do. Nah, yeah. yeah. But I guess nah, I. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, shoot some questions my way, mate. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, well, there are two last things I want to talk to you about. Um, one is obviously the Dinobores where we are now. But before that, uh, something I've talked a lot about with all my guests is the Rugby World Cup and how great that was, uh, especially as like foreigners, seeing other foreigners enjoying uh, Japan and seeing what we all love about it. But, uh, were you here for the World Cup? Yep, yep. I went to a few games. Um, I, I was pretty unfortunate. I booked like, you know, I had, I um, I did the double up at Yokohama. I think it was like Ireland, Scotland, and was it New Zealand, South Africa? Oh, yeah, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. That was a really cool double up. And like oh, I, we stayed in Yokohama that night and like partied with a few mates, and that was a really really fun um, time. And obviously Chinatown's there as well. Mm. Um, and then I went to the quarterfinals, and then I had tickets to the semi-final, but um, <laughs> Curita scheduled the game at the same time, oh, so I had yeah, to go yeah. play that instead. <laughs> but um, obviously, that was the hardest part was that we were—I don't know what top league was like, but second was playing the whole way through the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you're just you're like kind of trying to play rugby but enjoy the world cup as well but i um i definitely enjoyed it and mm. I, it was really cool to just yeah like you said finally see people come to japan and enjoy the lifestyle and the culture that like we've um, i've come to really love over here yeah yeah um well coke had a mean like our gm who got moved on the year of the uh world cup before that he told us all that if we get tickets for the World Cup, it's a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity. So it doesn't matter if you've got a game, if you've got training, you can miss it and you can go to the game. So yeah, yeah. a few of us boys just got I think that was the psyche there. for most teams, actually, other than Curita. <laughs> like I had a lot of other mates, they were all good. And then we all like we got scheduled like a – I think it was like a game against like – it wasn't even – it was a random as like not even in our division. Yeah. But it was like – three-hour train right away. I was like, why did we do this? <laughs> oh, man. Um, was that semi-final, yeah. the NZ one? Yeah, the one that we lost. Oh, so yeah. probably lucky that um, I didn't go on the end anyways. But um, <laughs> nah, no, I still would have loved to. I actually still would have loved to have gone to it. But um, that is what it is, mm. I guess. Like, uh, I didn't get to go. And that's all right. I won't hold any grudges. <laughs> but it was... <laughs> It's still actually just really fun, just in general, um, the like environment and the atmosphere of the games, obviously, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a, it was pretty funny, like, and I, I knew it was going to happen. Like, the stadiums were like so ill-equipped to deal with people wanting to buy alcohol there because they're so used to, you know, like you're allowed to just buy alcohol and bring it in. Yeah. You know, like that's just like the culture event. And then like when they tried to ban that, and like you know you had to buy from there, and then like 
by halftime, all of their like bit, like kegs are empty. <laughs> and they're like, oh wow, we did not know people drank this much alcohol. Oh man. <laughs> but like, I was like, man, like I, I just the stadiums in Japan just aren't equipped to deal with like you know people buying drinks there. You know, mm-hmm. that's you people normally buy you know their like six pack of beer and bring it in themselves. Yeah, and that's play on normally. So it was pretty. It was pretty interesting to see how that played out. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I guess like normally, I don't know how any of the you know stadiums make any money or any of the like the JFU. They probably lose so much money by not um, stopping people from bringing in alcohol and stuff. Uh, yeah, but you, you can't do that now. Like it's just too late. You know, like it's just like the culture's there now. We're like it's just so normal. But because people aren't ridiculous, like. Mm. Rugby players are a kind of different breed, but most people will just buy like one beer and bring in like you know some yakitori and yeah. maybe like an onigiri and like that's it, you know. But like when we're like, oh, what we can bring <laughs> like a BYO to a game, so like we're talking about like twenty two highs, you know, like bring them in and be like, oh, let's go. The nine percent is kind of like that different culture, and then like everyone just getting actually like smashed but it's obviously like all fun again yeah yeah and like you never get kicked out because no one ever gets kicked out of any room in japan mm. so like it gets pretty like rowdy that's i reckon it's pretty fun anyways i love going to rugby games and baseball games yeah in japan. Oh, so good eh? um the baseball girls uh the bear girls at the baseball games who just have like it must be so heavy for them like, yeah keep on their back yeah yeah oh. and you're sitting at like the highest point <laughs> in the stadium like make them climb all the way up for one beer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like almost feel guilty like yeah fine i'll have two yeah but no nah, yeah I, it was cool that they, they brought those girls into the rugby world cup as well and it yeah, yeah. straight lined the whole beer service but they're super super cool mm, um I think part of it's like a guilt trip, eh? Like they see you see these little girls like holding um, beer kegs that are bigger than them, and they look like they're struggling. So it makes you want to buy more. Smart, yeah, they, but they fake it, and the kegs are only half full the whole <laughs> time, and you don't act directly fine. <laughs> <laughs> you see them juggling them um, at halftime, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like heaps of energy. Like, no, I thought you guys were struggling. That's why I keep buying beer. <laughs> but then I guess. Now, uh, the best team in the top league in Japan are the Mitsubishi Dynabors. They signed you, signed me. Great team, great uh, company. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, building, building, <laughs> always on the up. Yeah, oh, how good. I think uh, they had a pretty disappointing season last year. Mm. It's because I wasn't playing. Mm. But no, nah, um, they, I think, oh, just a few things just didn't go their way, unfortunately. And so I think um, only way is up from last year anyway. So hopefully we can, we can, um, play some good rugby for our fans and you know, for ourselves as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, have some fun, actually. Yeah. Like rugby is, a, at the end of the day, it's a fun fun game to play and um, hopefully we can all just enjoy doing that this year. Nice, nice. Great work. Uh, but yeah, I guess you mentioned it, but you uh, had an unlucky injury last year, so you weren't able to get on the field too much. Uh, but how was that? And um, I guess, yeah, how was it coming back? Uh, up until now, where you're actually back on the field and you know playing again. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, definitely like a, it's the first big injury I've had. Like I've had a lot of like small injuries, but that was a big six month there. I, I ruptured my ACL, oh, my um, Achilles, sorry. Mm. And um, so I had to have surgery, and um, it was it was a huge learning experience for me. Like a, I I had the mentality that I wanted to get back as fast as I could, and I'd do everything right. But it's still just it's so long like you go like two months where you don't even walk you know like yeah, you know, yeah. crutches it's just a long slow process and then um i went back to new zealand too and continued my rehab there but it was just a 
real hard learning experience in the sense that you're just you're spinning instead of playing rugby you're just you're rehabbing like lifting yeah, weights yeah, and yeah. doing everything else but playing rugby which is was hard for me I, I really really enjoy playing rugby and it was hard you know just just watching on from the sidelines like you you just want the boys to do well you also want to play and like uh, it was it was tough tough year for me last year for mm-hmm. sure which is why I um, I've come back this year and I've just come and like gone all in instead of you know you normally come back especially from a long off season like three months and kind of go on pretty slow yeah. but I've just gone and you know just straight back into training because I just I, it feels like it's been so long since I've been able to just run around with rugby ball with the boys you know I spent pretty much four months four or five months just in the gym you know all the boys going outside training and stuff and I'm oh. just by myself yeah, yeah just like on a bike or just doing you know all my rehab stuff and lifting a bit of tin so I definitely wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That was pretty, pretty boring, pretty boring year for me last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess um, you do all that gym stuff, you know, to help you out on the field. But out on the field is where everyone wants to be, so you know, it's never fun, uh, especially when you're surrounded by people who are going out and playing rugby every day. Eh? So yeah, 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 for sure. And um, I think that was the biggest thing. Like, I just, I really just wanted to play rugby. Like, it's I'm still at kind of that age where. You know, like I really still just want to be out there playing 80 minutes and just like still enjoy the contact, enjoy just playing rugby. And that was the hardest thing. And I was just like, I just want to be out. I just want to be playing. <laughs> and even when I was back home in New Zealand, I wanted to, you know, just um, even just be playing like club rugby. It just feels like it's been so long. So yeah, yeah, definitely um, looking forward to and frothing a bit of footy with the Dinobores in this preseason. Hopefully I can get a, a few minutes in. With, if we can get a game in oh yeah um hopefully uh the state of emergencies kind of settle down a bit i think a few more people are getting the shot the vaccine and, and yeah hopefully that uh improves the situation a little bit not sure what the future's going to hold but you know positively is key yeah. i think yeah so, now yeah. all we can do is just keep preparing and doing what doing what we do mm-hmm. but yeah no at the end of the day we just want to play rugby yeah, yeah. Well, uh, can't wait to see you rip it out on the field, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how I go post post injury. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, so I was just speed. I've been watching you. Uh, well, John was the one who actually told me, um, you're the quickest uh, player he's actually seen on the field on a rugby field. So uh, that's big reps coming from uh, my senpai translator. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they never lie, eh, senpais? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, obviously, I I used to be a sprinter back in my um back in my youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate enough to take out a couple of titles in my my school days, but I think I put on a I put on a bit of weight since then, and I prioritised other things. But um, definitely, you can't coach speed, so it's, it's definitely something I've been very grateful to have and I'll try hold on to for as long as I can before I have to make the inevitable move to flanker <laughs> in my later years. Oh, nice, bro. Well, I can't wait to see you uh, rip it out on the field, but. Um, obviously yep. I've taken a bit of your time, but, uh, got a lot of questions from the gram. If you're still available to uh, answer a few of them. Nah, go for it, mate. I'm doing nothing at the moment. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, or the first one, we've kind of touched on a bit of this stuff, but the first one is the biggest, what's your biggest night out in Japan? My, oh, oh like, pretty hard to pinpoint. Um, just one. I definitely just think. I wouldn't have to say one, but I definitely think my nights out that have been in Rapongi where you're like, you kind of have to hang on to that last train. Yeah. I'm probably like, you're like the, the culprits <laughs> for my biggest night for sure. 
you know, like where you're kind of drinking for the sake of drinking because yeah, you yeah. just want to like stay up <laughs> and just keep going. And like you're just hurting from like your 6, 6 p.m. Nomi Hodai. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of those for sure. Nice, nice. Cool, cool. Uh, oh, and you touched on um, going into the flank in your uh, later career, but here's one kind of about that. Says I have heard a lot about you growing up playing as a flanker, but why do boys <laughs> say your tackling is your greatest work on? <laughs> That's why I moved to the wing. Now, I um I I played flank until I was seventeen in high school, and then I um I moved to St Peter's College in Auckland, and I was like, oh, definitely not big enough to play flanker here, <laughs> and so I kind of just like played wing because I didn't really know what to do anywhere else, and then. So I like I just end up playing wing from there on in, but I still think I've got a few tackle jackal skills coming up. I always like to say that I average one turnover a game, oh, nice. based on my um my flanker abilities <laughs> and just my workout wide in the wide channels. But <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't say my tackling's elite or anything. <laughs> different different beast tackling in the wide channels. Mm. I argue it's the hardest place to defend. Most wingers would agree with me, I'd say. Yeah, well, I think, uh, yeah, center, wing, all those places, way different than uh, when you're, you know, you got five guys surrounding you, like those pick and goes. Um, yeah, yeah. To be honest, tackling around the ruts probably the easiest. Mm. Props and locks got it easy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I can actually vouch for that because I used to be in the forward, so. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sweet. And then, uh, oh, next one. Um, you kind of said you can't, but how do you train your speed? No, I think like obviously you can always train speed, <laughs> but um, I think uh, the the biggest thing is I think people need to do is like actually train at top speed, like actually do trainings where you try try sprint as fast as you can, mm-hmm. like you know go go to your local field or whatever and sprint to you know to the twenty two, but actually after a warm up so you don't pull anything, mm-hmm. and like you know do like five sets of sprinting to the twenty two as fast as you can. And things like that. And my my other big one is like relaxing, like re, you know, relaxing. When you're tensed up, you you tend to uh, run slower, and your form gets affected a bit. So, running tall and being relaxed would be my my main tips. And actually, just practicing running at full speed. Nice, nice. Uh, you'll see me out there tomorrow, just sprinting uh, before I yeah, transit. Yeah. <laughs> be too be tired to say anything. Goosey go. Oh, yeah, you've you've watched me before. <laughs> yeah. <I have. laughs> Um, alrighty. Uh, oh, how how did you find going two trainings a week to two trainings a day when you moved from Kurita to Mitsubishi? Oh, that was a different change. But uh, there, there was, a, I think, the biggest one was that you went from training at night to training during the day. Oh yeah. You know, like um, it was a, that that's different in itself. But uh, that was a bit of a change up for me. But uh, like I alluded to, as the foreigners in the team. We had to um, – the onus was on ourselves to do our own stuff. So a lot of the time we were doing a lot of stuff during the day, whether it be fitness mm-hmm. or weights or skills. So, like, a, we were kind of doing, like, double days, but it was just, like, you'd get something done in the morning and then kind of waste the arvo and then go at night yeah, in the yeah. evening or whatever and train. So in that sense, I was kind of used to double days. But I, what I found different in Mitsubishi is the professionalism, like, a lot of the of, – all the players are professionals, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they train and um, they train more professionally than Shirita were, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, the cool thing about that is it lifts everyone else. Like, you know, it makes me want to be more professional and hopefully makes everyone else want to be a bit more professional and mm-hmm. how they prepare and how they train. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Like, yeah, when you see a few of the boys doing extras on the field or, like, today you were doing a, what, broken Bronco, just smashing it out, uh, making everyone look bad. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. <laughs> Got halfway and I was like, oh, too hot, need to go inside. But, nice. Uh, here's one. Uh, go. What's your go-to Japanese meal? Oh, so I've got a few. I do enjoy, um, and it's something that I didn't think I would. I really enjoy like um, migoro, like tuna sashimi. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the or just uh, tuna sushi. Like it was never something I really got into in New Zealand, and it's not really like a sushi type. But man, like tuna over here is like elite, like mm-hmm. super, super nice. Like all the different kinds, like the belly and you know, like the super fatty or the lean. Yeah, I, I enjoy all of it. Um, but I can't, I can't go past the, the yakitori, like that's oh, yeah. my go-to for sure. Um, just nice. like, yeah, and I always enjoy the atmosphere of the yakitori, but also the food and it's super nice. And I was pretty basic, the old chicken, but you know, you can have it so many different ways. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, it's something like you don't really think like associate with Japan, like even the karage, the fried chickens, you know, pretty good. Uh, you got all of these different types of chicken meals uh, that you don't you always just think about sushi when you you know think of japan but they got a good uh you know a lot of good recipes and when it comes to chicken as well eh? yeah yeah for sure and they definitely utilize or what i do like about it is like they they you know they eat the whole chicken you know Mm -hmm. like you can just get just chicken skin which is like elite or you can you know you can get like chicken neck or chicken tail like just the wings or like breast or thighs you know like this i like it all Mm -hmm. you know it's just like a it's a pretty cool pretty cool night out and it's like nice and slow you're just getting it on skewers you know you can like it's quite social it's pretty fun nice definitely i always try to find a good local yakitori wherever i am to to go to and i've got a few go-tos actually in japan now well well uh once we can uh kind of go out and eat you know when uh the state of emergencies are out you have to take me senpai oh i'll definitely treat you to a couple of good yakitoris for sure man oh, can't wait um i'm scared about you forcing me to drink because uh, you've learned that senpai kohai culture i think so <laughs> yeah yeah no but i'll shout you though that's the yeah, beauty yeah. of it <laughs> i won't remember it though i'll be too drunk huh? yeah <laughs> all right uh uh just a couple more um who uh, who has he most learnt from at the boars at the boars oh no one at the boars are you <laughs> nah um who am i who have i learnt the most from at the boars oh man i was like i said i was injured which was a bit of a shame for yeah, most true, of the true. year so i'm trying to think pre-season i don't know if i learned the most but i really appreciate um or enjoy uh, Colin Slade's, like, he always says Jouet, because from here he was, like, playing in France before mm-hmm. he came. And, like, Jouet apparently means, like, of, like, play on or, like, just play. Yeah. So, like, just play what's in front of you. Like, you know, you don't really play the structure or, like, don't necessarily have to play the system. At the end of the day, it's, like, it's it's rugby. Like, you know, you just, just play what's in front of you or just, just play. Like, don't – which I, I, I really enjoy that kind of concept of like, – of, and I think it – at the end of the day that that is what rugby is like you can kind of you can put lots of x's and o's and you can kind of analyze you know till the cows come home about mm. how to play and how other teams play but when you're on the field and like you, you get shown a picture like that just playing to that is that's what rugby is to me anyways yeah yeah oh nice man got some wisdom man you're not just great yarns you're uh, yeah, great yeah, stories. yeah like i said i'm i'm pretty i'm seven years deep in japan now i'm bitter and i've got a few <laughs> sayings 
Well, wow. This you gems for the boys. Might have to be a weekly, um, you have to be, you know, part of the hosting side now. You'll have to come on this side of the mic in a. Oh, no, <laughs> you'll get, you'll start getting some pretty rubbish yarns out of me eventually. <laughs> Uh, next one we've got oh we've got a Japanese one um, I'll say in Japanese、yep. and English but Nihon no ichiban skina basho wa doko desu ka so where what is your favorite place in Japan? um pretty hard to pick like a favorite place like, I, I do enjoy a lot of places like parts of Japan but I always enjoy the skiing like obviously the skiing in Japan is awesome and、um, me and my wife are very avid skiers so like maybe Niseko for、oh, sure yeah, like yeah. Had some pretty, pretty fun times up there with、um, some pretty awesome snow. So I, I'll run with that for there. But I mean, like, these are really, really a lot of cool, fun places in Japan. Nice, nice, beautiful.、Uh, and then lastly, one thing I ask all our guests, but what is your favorite Japanese phrase? <laughs> There's a few boys that were able to pick this straight away, but it's、um, my, my go to, and I use it a lot, is Dandori Hachibu. Which I had that translates to preparation is 80% of the job. It's a loose translation. But man, that's a, it's a good saying. And I do actually believe it as well as, as much as I love just, just throwing it around randomly. I think like preparing mentally and physically definitely helps、mm-hmm. a lot in rugby and in life. Wow. Nice, man. Another gem for you boys. Yeah. You've,、uh, the first half of this was, you know, all great stories and a lot of laughs. And then at the end, I think it's made everyone think, you know, so. You've had everything. Yeah, no. You've got to prepare. Yeah. Ben's not just a pretty face. Correct. <laughs> oh, I was going to,、uh, in the intro, say the biggest scucks and the fastest man. But、um, yeah, I thought. I <laughs> <laughs> might have to redo it then. <laughs> yeah. But、uh, um, thanks again for coming on.、Uh, I know I've only,、uh, I guess I've only talked to you like, properly for the past week, but I already feel like I've known you for a long time. Great guy.、Uh, made me feel real welcome at the Boars. So. Can't wait to see you get stuck in and、um, carve it up this season. Yeah, yeah, no, looking forward to working with you this year and、um, hopefully the, the boars benefit from your expertise.、Uh, yeah, well, hopefully,、uh, yeah, we don't see us、uh, going down but going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just see、uh, all the boys with confused faces after every meeting. Like, Doug made no sense again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, <laughs> bro. Thanks again.、Uh, I will see you tomorrow. It's a good one. Yeah, bro. Catch you later. Buddy, Mark.